Real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast, be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is the owner of Favorite Daughter Media, and she has a podcast called Branded, and we're here at Podcast Movement in Denver. Welcome to the show, Sarah Losey. Thank you so much for having me. We've talked about this for at least a year now, so glad glad we made it happen. Yeah, yeah, me too, and this is my first time recording in this kind of setting. So this is interesting. So if you hear background noise at all, that's why. We are sitting in the expo hall of of conference center. So there are a couple people here. One (laughs) one or two thousand. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about branding or about (laughs) podcast guesting. Those are both your expertise they are i'll talk about whatever you want to talk about i'll talk about the puppies i've been playing with since i've been here what whatever you want oh yeah they've got they have a puppy (laughs) booth here so they won't let me adopt one because i don't live in colorado oh is that a rule yeah they don't let you cross state lines Mm. i'm to smuggle it (laughs) those puppies are so small you put them in your pocket that's what i'm saying they just throw it on like under my shirt or something no one's gonna notice yeah i think they're probably from the same litter too don't you think oh they they have to be yeah they all look yeah. They are. Uh, they're so cute. Yeah. If anyone is listening to this, sponsor us if you are a puppy store or shelter. Not store. We don't like stores. Puppy shelters. <laughs> sponsor us. Let's start with how you got into the podcast space. Yeah, I had never even listened to a podcast. The first podcast I ever listened to was actually a Harry Potter podcast, in case anyone was wondering if I'm a nerd. The answer is yes. So I listened to Potterless, which is the first one ever. But I was working at an ad agency, and one of our clients wanted to launch a podcast. So naturally, all of us are like, that's really weird. I kind of judged a little bit. And then he launched a podcast, and I started helping with the production side, and I was working on a lot of projects with them. And I ended up leaving that company, and I worked full-time for the client. So I became the executive producer of a podcast that just... While we're recording, today is the finale episode. We just, we just graduated from that podcast. For five years, I was producing it and um, helping create that show and what it became. And after a c- couple years of doing that, I realized that on the production side, you see some really great podcasts and some really great guests, but you also see some really not great guests, mm. especially in the finance space, which is where I was. There's a lot of financial advisors or financial professionals that are like, I really want to be on a podcast. But they don't have the personality or the subject or something that just makes it really great to listen to. So I launched Favorite Daughter in January of this year as a way to help people who want to use podcasting as part of their marketing plan. But I help them do it in a way that is really value-driven, story-driven, and helps you connect with listeners and become a thought leader and not just someone trying to sell a product on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I like how you kind of threw in how you graduated from that podcast, because isn't it called Don't or what Don't is it Retire, yeah. Graduate. Yeah, so you kind of threw that in there. It's on brand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so you started Favorite Daughter Media, and then you launched another podcast of your own called Branded. Is that your only podcast that's specifically yours and not part of another company? Yeah, so Branded is the one that I co-host with Larry Roberts, the Red Hat guy. <laughs> and 
we actually took the name of the podcast and turned it into a brand itself. So we help other entrepreneurs launch branded podcasts under our branded name because we both have our own companies. He's Red Hat Media. I'm Favorite Daughter Media. So Branded is a show that we do together. And then it's also the brand that we work together under. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how that came to be. The show itself or the like? Well, the, the collaboration, I guess. We met a couple years ago originally. It's actually the same event that I met you, Outlier Podcast Festival in Austin. He does not remember meeting me there. <laughs> and then we met again at PodFest in Orlando, and he does not remember meeting me there. And then we met again at Podcast Movement in Dallas, and he remembered me. Oh, finally. Four well, times a charm. He didn't remember me before that. He remembered me since then. So that is, if you ask him, that's when we met was in Dallas. But he had been doing these like branded podcast launches. I was still in my full time position at the financial firm. And we just started going to these conferences and we were always seeing each other. We became friends and started talking about these different topics just by ourselves. Just we'd be on Zoom and talking about some of the personal branding topics that we talk about. And then we would also go to these podcast meetups together and people began knowing us as the podcast people because mm. we were professionals in the podcast space versus a lot of the people we were meeting were kind of hobbyists or just trying to figure it out, do it for fun while we were the professionals. So we were able to give a lot of guidance and answer questions. And we one day just looked at each other like we are the podcast people. Neither of us had a podcast. He was hosting one called You're the Boss uh -huh. that he had shut down. Mm -hmm. at this point and I was producing podcasts but I didn't have one of my own so we're like well we're kind of the podcast people without a podcast yeah it's a little weird it's like the the parents like the parenting advice people that don't have kids uh-huh like why are you listening to us we know what we're talking about though unlike the non-parent parents but we're just like we need to actually launch something and we came up with a couple ideas and we had a few different things that we were kind of just like juggling around but one of the things that we both really love talking about is personal branding. And he has a really great story of how he became the red hat guy. And he has mm -hmm. such a strong brand in himself. And I, my brand is kind of built around a embarrassing tattoo. So it's not <laughs> as great, but you know, it is what it this is. This is like a G slash PG show. So uh, we'll... I'm gonna, I, I left it at that. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just saying. So yeah. That's why we won't dig further into that if, if you want that full story, I'll have to read it on my blog, <laughs> favoritedaughtermedia.com, the shameless plug. <laughs> okay, so Branded is your first podcast that's actually your seed. I didn't know that. So it's, I did for about two weeks have a different podcast. Oh, wait, I think I remember yeah. that. And what was that one called? That one was called Why Am I Anxious Today? Oh, that's right. And it was kind of like my public-private journal and... As someone that struggles with anxiety on a daily basis, I'm always asked, like, well, why are you anxious? And I never had an answer. So I started a podcast to be like, well, here's my answer. Mm -hmm. And it only lasted two weeks because I realized, well, I, I still don't have an answer. <laughs> so I started like I didn't make anything up, but I started pulling like reasons that I've been anxious in the past or the stupid reasons that I could put a name to versus like anxiety doesn't have an answer. Anxiety just happens. So, yeah, that that didn't last long, but it was my first break into actually hosting a podcast and then I pod faded it 10 episodes in so 
companies, brands, whatever, it's important to have a podcast as part of your marketing. It's a very helpful tool. Mm. I think it's very, it can be very lucrative when you do it right or when you do it well. And a lot of people are starting to see the value in having a podcast, but they're not necessarily doing it the best way, mm-hmm. I think. I, I Like I said, I've, I've seen the worst guests there are, and I've seen the best guests there are. I've, I've heard podcasts that are I think are fantastic, and I've heard podcasts that are not as fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's the same with everything. There's going to be people who are great, and there's going to be people who aren't. But it can be a really, really powerful tool if you do it right. Some people think of a podcast as a marketing plan, which isn't what it is. It's a piece of a marketing plan. And it has to be, if you use a podcast kind of in a vacuum, you're not going to really see the results you're looking for. But being able to incorporate it into other things that you're doing and repurposing that content and taking advantage of the SEO keywords and the constantly refreshing content on your website and bringing in guests that have their own audiences that you can tap into, all of these different strategies that incorporate that podcast into other things that you're doing or ways that you can pull the podcast into things that you're doing, that's going to be what really makes it stand out and has that impact you want for your company. Mm -hmm. So on the podcast guesting side, Mm -hmm. because that's your expertise. So a lot of people, they maybe don't want to start a podcast. Yeah at least not right now, we believe that it's important to at least be guesting on podcasts. I mean, not for not everybody. I don't think yeah. everybody is meant to be podcast guests, but I think if it's something that you are interested in, if it's something that you've thought about doing, try it out. I mean, there's no reason not to, but it's not something that I would say just jump into without mm-hmm. any pre-thought, pre-planning, yeah. or even like even coaching in some part, like I do coach people on how to do it because I've seen it done poorly. And that doesn't just impact you. It impacts the show. It impacts the producer, the listeners. And it's probably not going to get released. And you just Mm -hmm. wasted a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So. So I'm curious in your experience, what Your definition of a bad podcast guest versus a good, Mm -hmm. like, what are some, maybe not specific examples. I mean, you can share if you want to. I'll give names. (laughs) But, like, what are some things that typically people do that isn't good? And then what are some tips to be a good guest? So I go on podcasts a lot as a guest to talk about how to be a great guest. And that in itself is very uh, scary because... I have to live up to it. Don't listen to me. <laughs> but there, no, there are definitely things that you should do and things that you shouldn't do. The biggest thing you should not do is treat it like ad space. That is the thing that I hate more than anything. It's when someone is like, oh, awesome. I'm going to go on this podcast because I have a company I want to promote or I have a book coming out. And everything that they say is, oh, well, my company does this. And If you want to do this, here's how you reach me and I'll do it for you. You could pay me. Just things that are just, this is an ad. Mm -hmm. And a podcast is not an ad. A podcast is content. A podcast is a conversation. A lot of people, they don't really think it through and they don't think of it. They're probably not podcast listeners Mm -hmm. because I'm like, would you have listened to that episode? I've heard people like they give their price list 
Oh, weird. Yeah, like, oh, well, if you want to work with us, like, our, our packages start at this price. And I'm like, okay, just give me your URL at the end and I can find that out. <laughs> like, why, why are you, why? Just why? Yeah. Just why? So that is something that I hate. And then kind of going hand in hand with that, it's when people are just so vague because it's the same thing. They're kind of treating it as that ad. So if I, like right now, I'm talking about how to be a great podcast guest. And I can give you some very basic, very, very basic information about how to be a good podcast guest. But in order to understand it enough to use it, you have to buy my book. So what I've told you so far is great, but not useful. But if you want the useful, buy my book or hire me as a consultant. At this point, that's a pet peeve. You should be giving clear value. You should be giving takeaways, things that someone could start doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's, this shouldn't be a, here's what I can do for you. It should be, here's what you can do. At the end, you can come in with, and you know, if you want help with this or you want more information, feel free to reach out to me. But they shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. You should have enough information and enough value in the episode that it can stand alone. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you don't want to just come off as a big sales pitch. Exactly. Yeah. It, there should not be any sales pitch. A lot of times the host at the end will say like, well, how can people get in touch with you or how can they work with you? And that's when you give your pitch. Mm. That's what so you asked what not to do. And I told you, too. So something you should do. And this is kind of where that pre-planning and that pre-thought comes in is you want to have a call to action mm-hmm. and you want it to be very succinct, very clear and you want to have one. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people like, so how can people get in touch with you? Like, what, um, how can people take some next steps? And, well, you know, you can find me on social media. Here's my 13 different handles. Or you can visit my <laughs> website. If you want to email me, here's my email address. Or just give me a call, you know, here's my phone number. And my, my dog has an Instagram, so go follow him. <laughs> like, what? People uh-huh. are listening to podcasts in their car. Like they're driving, they're doing something else. They're not sitting there with a pen and paper ready to write down all of this information. So before you go on a podcast, you need to know like what is the one thing you want someone to do after listening to you and then have a very easy way for them to do that. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing that I always tell people to do is actually buy a unique URL for your call to action. And have it be something that is related to whatever your next step is so that it's memorable. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, but you have that URL actually just direct to a landing page on your website, they can find everything else. So one of my calls to action, and we were talking about branding. So I have a free ebook with the eight components to a brand. And I'm totally doing what I'm not supposed to do, which is giving you my little pitch right now but it's just it's it's because it's it's fitting yeah do as I say not as I do but I have an ebook on the eight components of a brand to help you build your brand and I have it at favoritebrandguide.com so if you want to download that free ebook you go to favoritebrandguide.com but while you're there you also have all the links to my social media you have my email address you have all of my services everything is on that website but all you need to remember is favoritebrandguide.com. You don't even have to remember my brand name because it's not in the URL, but you'll know it once you get to that website. So think through what you want people to do after listening to you and have one place to send them Mm -hmm. so that they can do that thing and learn more about you. Yeah, I agree. One question I have about that, 
a lot of times people will have podcast.com forward slash the name of the podcast they were on so that and I think mainly for tracking purposes. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so that is a that's a really good point. So people do that a lot of times if they want to know where their traffic is coming from. Mm -hmm. So they'll have a specific landing page so that if they listen to this show, then they know that this many people came directly from that show. So if that kind of tracking is important to you, you can do it that way. There's not necessarily like I'm not saying my way is the only way to do it. It's my preferred way. And it just kind of simplifies it so you don't have to remember as much. People also will give a coupon code mm -hmm. with their call to action and the coupon code will be specific to that episode. People do that a lot with their sponsored deals so that they can get their affiliate data. Mm -hmm. So there are other ways to do it. And I kind of do two things. So when I guess on a podcast, I will put that episode on my website. And if you want to find that episode, it will be at favoritedaughtermedia.com slash frugalpreneur. Mm -hmm. And then I will also have the same call to action on that page. Mm -hmm. So if someone finds that podcast episode that I was on, they can find that call to action. That comes after the fact. Mm -hmm. So like it's already the recording's already out. Maybe I'm just lazy that I'm just like one link. I never have to change it. No, I mean, to me, the only advantage, I think, of doing the individual things for tracking is to figure out if there's a specific show you want to be on again. Mm -hmm. Like to know, okay, 500 people came to this lead magnet from this show versus the average of 50 or whatever. Then it's like, well, I probably want to be on that show again, come up with an another topic. to. Yeah, it definitely will show you performance. And I, I personally haven't done that, but that is a really great way that if you want to see which shows got you the most impact, that is a way you can do it. I kind of see like I follow everything regarding my brand very, very closely. It's very like I, I play it very close. So if I'll know what day a show goes out and then I'll see the emails coming in of like people downloading my lead magnet. So I'll know kind of from there. But if you do want to get that information, you can definitely do it a different way. Or I'm sure there's some kind of like API tracking stuff mm -hmm. that's way over my head. There's like UTM codes you can use, like all of these different ways. But if you want to keep it simple and just have one place to send people and it doesn't necessarily matter to you where they're coming from, just have that one call to action. And that can also be helpful because Another thing that people do when they guest on podcasts is they kind of expect the show to do the work. So I've had people come to me like, hey, I just guested on like 10 podcasts and I got nothing from it. I'm like, well, what'd you do with <laughs> what'd you do with the episode? Like, what, what are you talking about? I, I went on the show mm -hmm. like, OK, did you share the episode? Did you add it to your website? Mm -hmm. Did you get the transcription and add that to your site to get all those keywords? Mm -hmm. Did you turn it into quote graphics or reels or other social media content? Did you send it out in an email blast to your list? What did you do? And they just look at me like I went on the show. <laughs> that's step one. Mm -hmm. So that's another way that having that one call to action can be helpful because they might not even realize that where they're hearing it from is that podcast because mm -hmm. you can just take the clip of you giving that call to action and use that separately. So that makes it very repurposable while keeping the focus on you and what you're doing versus on the show itself mm -hmm. for the repurposing. Always, always share the show. Always give 
the host and the show as much credit and as as much exposure as you can. Mm -hmm. But there are times that you can just pull something that is like, this is just kind of for me. Let me send this one out as long as you're also giving them some love. Yeah. And a lot of podcast hosts will actually create some of those assets for you and stuff. Mm -hmm. Usually they just post it themselves. They don't usually send it to you for you to post it. Depends but, on the host. Yeah, depends. I've seen it happen both ways. But yeah, you can always. So like what I do when I'm a guest, I'll share the link out to social media and mm -hmm. then add it to my website, like sure. you had said, like on a press page type mm -hmm. thing. Want to um, know another fun thing you can do? Create like a playlist on Spotify. Of huh? Oh, okay. I just did that. Oh, you did? I just So I just uh, um, added to my website because I've been speaking a lot more at conferences. So I added kind of a press page, like a speaker uh -huh. page. And now it has an embedded Spotify playlist mm -hmm. with every show that I've been on. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like you probably even got a notification because I know artists get told what playlist their songs have been on. I don't know if you I do. don't know, but I've just recently thought of, oh, that would be an interesting idea to put all your past episodes. Yeah. In. So, yeah. I yeah, I have a playlist that is just embedded on that page and you can just go through it and listen to anything I've ever been on. Mm -hmm. It's I don't know if there's an automated way to do that. I've I go in and physically yeah. add them each time but it's not doesn't take long is but, spotify the only one that does that that lets you do that as far as i know as far as i know i also i mean i i've been using spotify forever so maybe mm -hmm. that's just my go-to for everything i don't believe apple podcast does that yeah not that i know and of. there's i mean there's so many different podcast players out there that i don't know anything about but the biggest ones are definitely going to be the Apple and Spotify. Mm -hmm. So I know Spotify does it. So I just do it there. And mm -hmm. they give you the embed code so that you can embed it. So that makes mm -hmm. it really easy. Okay. So we talked about don't have, when you're a guest, don't have it be a pitch fest. Make sure you have a clear call to action. Tell yeah. them just one place to go. What other um, important tips do you have? Do your research and don't make it transactional. I mentioned the co-host on Branded is Larry Roberts, that he had just shut down one of his shows. His was a business show, and he would bring on different entrepreneurs to talk about their business, but it just started to feel super transactional. And they come on the show, they talk about themselves, they leave. That's not fulfilling, and that made him want to quit the show. So you want to actually go in with a mindset of, I want to have a relationship with this person. I want this person to be in my network. I want to support what they're doing and I want them to support me. So if you can do it that way and know the person before the recording, mm -hmm. it's going to be a much more genuine conversation. It's not going to feel uncomfortable or like they're pulling teeth. There's a lot of times that it's kind of like the person doesn't really know what to say and it's, it doesn't flow well. Mm -hmm. So if you know the person that you're interviewing with, it's going to just be easier to have a conversation. They're going to be more willing to promote the episode if they like you and people even ask me like well how do i thank a podcast host for having me on the show should i send them a mug no you should share the episode <laughs> you should share it as much as you can mm -hmm. but if someone is on your show and you're like i really love this person they're my friend i want to support them you might push it out more times on your own social media or in your newsletter than you would just a random person that asked to be on your show mm -hmm. so if you want to get the most value of it have it be relationship focused versus mm -hmm. just, okay, I'm going to be on the show. I'm going to talk and then have a great life. 
So we've, yeah, so we've talked about some tips for when you're actually on the show, but I know a lot of people are probably, if they're starting out, they're probably wondering, well, how do I know what shows to go on? How do I find them? How do I connect with the host, et cetera? What is your recommendation for that? Reach out to me and pay me to do it for you. <laughs> oh, oh, and th- and then read my book. No, I'm completely kidding. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> no, there's so many different tools that you can use to mm-hmm. find shows to guest on. You can use Podmatch is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. It is kind of, I call it the online dating of podcasting. It's you get matched with shows or guests that are a good fit for you. You can cold email. Most podcasts have a website and have an email address. Send them a message. There are professionals that can do it for you. The thing that you want to keep in mind, no matter how you're doing it, whether someone else is doing it for you, whether you're doing it through something like Podmatch or just sending an email, make sure that you are pitching value. I get so many pitches for shows that I produce or my show itself that I've even gotten the ones that say brackets insert show name here Ugh, because they, they didn't forgot even to do it. They didn't even bother to yeah. put the show name. They're mm-hmm. so canned. They're so impersonal. And they're just, hey, this is person is an expert in this. Want to have one on your show or this person wrote a book about this. Want to have one on your show. The pitch should be not. Do you want to have me on your show? It's this is the value I could bring to your show. And this is why you should have me on your show. It's not about you. It's about their listener. It's about them creating great content. Say I'm pitching to be on your show to talk about podcast guesting. Mm-hmm. I would say something like, hey, I work with uh, entrepreneurs on helping them be a great podcast guest. And I have these three really great tips. Here are those tips. I would love to give some more information and really break these down for your audience because from what I can tell, your audience is interested in this topic. Like making it personal, actually knowing the audience and who's listening to this show and having it match your message and leading with that value. I've had people ask me like, well, my audience is 55-year-old men and I talk about launching a cybersecurity business in your 50s making this up. So I was going to pitch to be on this golf podcast because their audience is also 55-year-old men. I'm like, okay, well, do anyone listening to golf suddenly want to have a cybersecurity business? <laughs> like, there's, it, it doesn't match. Like, uh-huh. there's more to your target audience that you need to understand than those basic demographics. So really dig into who you want to talk to what they're interested in, why they're interested in your topic, and then go to the shows that really fit. That talk about, go to cybersecurity ones, go to entrepreneurship shows, mm-hmm. ones that they're going to actually be interested to hear what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even less is more. I'd rather be on five podcasts that are super impactful, really aligned with my target, really aligned with my values and my vision than a hundred podcasts that are like, oh, I mean, yeah, you can come on. We talk about everything. That'll fit. Go for as close to your target as possible and you're going to get the best result. So this is a question I just thought of. So like if you have a podcast Mm -hmm. and then you guest on other podcasts, Mm -hmm. should your call to action or is the best call to action for people to go check out your podcast versus whatever your typical call to action would maybe be like, go to my website, to get this free lead magnet, should the call to action be, hey, check out 
since they're already listening to a podcast? That's a great question. I think it would depend. It would depend on what your goal is Mm -hmm. and what your call to action is and even what the show is about. Go with the call to action that is going to fit the listener the best. I've been on shows that have nothing to do with my target audience or my business at all. I mean, I've done them with you talking about like the Barbie movie with our other Sarah. Mm -hmm. And like that had nothing to do with my business. I just did it for fun. So with Mm -hmm. that, it's like, yeah, like go listen to my podcast. Find out more about what I do. I'm super casual. I'm not trying to push anything. I don't know if you have any interest in what I do. But if it's something that's actually really aligned with your client base Mm -hmm. and what you're selling, it doesn't hurt to say like, oh, hey, if you want to learn more about this, go to this landing page and download this content. But your podcast should also be on your website. Well, yeah. So they can still do that one call to action and Mm -hmm. then find your podcast. And a lot of times your podcast is going to be in the introduction when they introduce you. Like they are the host of the branded podcast. And so that'll still be mentioned. And you might even sprinkle it in throughout the conversation. It's going to depend. There's no, it's not a one size fits all. Think about what you really want to get out of that show and tailor it to that goal. Okay. So I think we've covered the guesting topic. So I kind of wanted to touch on the branded aspect. You said touch. I had to touch you. Oh, I was like, I'm confused. What's happening? See, these kinds of things you can't do when you're doing it virtually. Yeah. You know, I I, I can't just poke her when she puts a lot of emphasis on the word touch. (laughs) If we were on Zoom. (laughs) can Facebook poke. Mm-hmm. That's still a thing. Anywho, that, what were you going to say? Anyway. Okay. So what branding tips? What are your top branding tips? See, that is a very vague question. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Okay. How about this? What are the top branding tips? Okay. For a personal brand, mm-hmm. like for example, Larry Roberts, we'll use that as an example. Okay. And for a podcast. For branding your podcast. Okay. First thing to think about when you're coming up with your podcast brand is how clear is it? I have a lot of people that they're like, this is going to be my podcast name. And it's cute, but it doesn't have anything to do with what the show is about. So that doesn't tell you anything. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that once you pitch it, okay, that makes sense. You've explained it. But a podcast, they're just scrolling on an app. They're just seeing the title and the cover art. So you want it to be super clear. So like ours is branded. We talk about branding. Very obvious. Frugalpreneur has basically the word entrepreneur in it and it has the word frugal. Pretty obvious what you're going to talk about. Fantastic branding. Good job. Oh, thank you. I was talking about me. So that's that's one of the things you want to think about is making sure that it's clear, making sure it doesn't have crossover with a different brand mm. that's something that a lot of people struggle with because a lot of the great names are taken mm. so you you want to be creative you want to do your research see if there's anything else in the space and if you do find another podcast with a very similar name go to that show and see when they last put out an episode people always say that the podcast space is so oversaturated because there's so many shows but they don't realize that only like 10% of the shows are active. Mm -hmm. So if they haven't put out a show in two years, you can probably be safe using a similar name because that show is virtually dead. So that's another thing to think about is, is someone else doing the same thing? And also just being really clear with who you're talking to and what you want to talk about. If I hear one more frat boy 
say, well, me and my frat bros sit around the table every night and we are so funny and we just talk about everything and I think we're going to start a podcast. Uh, yeah, no one's going to listen to that crap. I hope not. <laughs> but that's that's not what you're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of shows out there that do talk about a little bit of everything. And if that's their if that's what they want to do and if that's what brings them joy, go for it. But if you want to reach a very specific audience, especially if you're doing this as a brand trying to reach your target, you have to be niched. You have to be very specific about what you want to talk about so that you're being found by the right people. Mm -hmm. It's like the golf podcast, they're not trying to start a business. They're trying to talk about golf. Mm -hmm. So have your topic be very clear. Have your listener be very clear. And have, they say in sales, there's like that unique selling proposition. Have a unique listening proposition. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. What is it that someone will get from listening to your show that they're not going to get from someone else's show? And now I'm going to put you on the spot because you keep doing it to me. Oh, what is the unique listening proposition of Frugalpreneur? Well, it kind of is my tagline, I suppose, building a business on a bootstrap budget. So I guess it would be to help people figure out the type of online business they could create and how to do it, like what software to use, mm -hmm. techniques, tips, whatever, to run it on a budget. Yep. So um, with all of these different podcasts talking about businesses and building businesses, you have that unique focus of very low to no budget. Yeah, yeah. No to about like $100 a month mm -hmm. on average. Yeah. Yeah. So that's there you go. That that makes your show more unique than if you're just like, oh, yeah, I just talk about building a business. Yeah. So what is that unique listening proposition for whatever show you want to start? That's something that you want to figure out with branded. It's co-hosted by two people who have very strong personal brands that are so different. Everything I do is pink. He's the red hat guy. Everything is black and red. I just turned 28. He would yell at me if I gave his age, but it's almost double. <laughs> so we I have a background in advertising. He has a background in like IT. So you're getting these insights from people who have both done it and have both done it successfully. They've done it for themselves. They've done it for other people, but they have generational differences. They have gender differences. They have educational differences. So it's not just this one thing is the right thing. It's let's give multiple perspectives. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we think is unique about the way that we approach our show. So that's a really, really key component to launching a show that's well-branded is having that unique listener. I'm sorry, that unique, yeah, unique listening proposition. I said it right. <laughs> Don't second guess yourself. I do it. I do it a lot. <laughs> well, I think we covered a lot today. And so what is your CTA for this show? My CTA for this show, I did give it a little bit ago, which I wasn't yeah. supposed to, but it fit. <laughs> I here's here. I'm going to actually give it as another tip just to, you know, give a little bit more value. OK. When it comes to creating that call to action or creating that lead magnet, you want it to be a very natural next step in that conversation. So we were just talking about building your personal brand, building your podcast brand. So I have an ebook that walks through eight different components that go into building a brand, eight things you really should think about that will help you create your brand identity. So that is my call to action. It's a very natural next step. And if you want to download that free ebook, it's called Build Your Brand, Eight Components to a Personal Brand That Sticks, something like that. <laughs> you can download that for completely for free at favoritebrandguide.com. 
And while you're there, you'll see everything else that I mentioned, like my social media, my podcast and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on my show. I'm glad we finally got this done. And I think it was more fun this way to do it live and in person. Yeah, I don't get to do live podcast recordings or in-person podcast recordings very often. So this was a lot of fun. Good times. Good times. Thanks for the suggestion of doing it that way. It was, you know, just my way of getting myself booked on your show because, hey. Hey. (laughs) No, it's always fun when we get together. So thank you again for having me. And I'm glad that I was your live show. All right. Thank you for listening. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack. Connect with fellow listeners. Share your thoughts on episodes. Engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.